This is the All Sports Podcast devoted to your favorite teams in North Texas. Welcome to Ballsy, a production of the Dallas Morning News and Sports Day. Our weekly show is proudly hosted. Okay, strike that. Our show is hosted by Kevin Sherrington, Evan Grant, and myself. I'm David Moore, and who knows, maybe we'll have a special guest or two along the way. In this episode, we'll be talking about the Texas Rangers. Catch other episodes by subscribing to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. We're also on social media. Just search Ballsy Podcast on Facebook and Twitter, and you'll be notified of the latest episode. Don't forget, it's Ballsy with a Z. Are you ready, sports fans? Ballsy starts now. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Ballsy, a Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News Sports Podcast. I am Kevin Sherrington, joined in the studio by no one, I guess. Well, Benjamin's back there producing. Benjamin, it's great to have you here. Thank you, thank you. Uh, good job. Good job. Thanks for answering. Sometimes the uh, producers don't even answer. They just... Um, Evan is in Seattle with the Mariners, and David Moore will be in later when we do our Cowboys podcast. But uh, I'm gonna I'm do this one by myself today. Which you know, sometimes when Evan's in the studio, it's like doing it by yourself. So it's really not that big of a departure from reality. Um, the the Rangers uh, is which is where Evan is, of course, uh, in Seattle with them are in a nosedive. They've now lost eight games in a row as we tape this on Tuesday morning. Um, they are uh, in critical condition here at this point as they approach the trade deadline on July 31st, which is, uh, as a matter of fact, the only deadline this year. If you're going to do something, you got to do it now in the next week. Um, and so the question is, of course, what will the Rangers do now that they have uh, – have been in a free fall uh, pretty much since the All-Star break. Uh, they won those first two games back against the Astros, and then it's just been nowheresville ever since. As uh, you may know by now, Evan wrote from uh, the, the loss against Seattle on Monday night, there seems to be a feeling that, well, maybe they have been giving these guys too much information, information overload, Uh they gave Joey Gallo the night off after he has been in, an, I believe, an 0-for-17 slump going into that game. Um, just really struggling at the plate. Uh, did not get any time off at the All-Star game because that's where he went. So maybe he just needed a little mental refresher here. Of course, Joey is the big success story for the Rangers this summer. Uh, he is the one hitter in the lineup who has really embraced everything that uh, Chris Woodward and uh, Julio Ortiz, the hitting coach, have tried to impress upon them. And that's uh, uh, been a, a great story so far because he made himself into an all-star. Uh, and, and, you know, it's certainly possible he's just going through a little bit of a swoon here, a little mentally fatigued. Uh, but the manager acknowledged – yesterday on Monday that, well, it's certainly a possibility that all the meetings that we have to discuss the hitter that the pitcher that day, uh, instead of just having a meeting at the first of a series against a team, which is the normal thing that, uh, that major league clubs do, they have one before every game. Um, and maybe that's just a little bit much. 
I have to tell you that in my uh, short experience here uh, with Chris Woodward and the Rangers, when when the manager would tell us something in a meeting and then I would go and talk to a player about what the manager had just said, I have noticed, um, I don't know if I would call it a resistance, but I've, I've noticed a difference of opinion. And it's, it hasn't been something that's like, no, I don't believe that. I don't believe that this guy, I don't believe what he's telling me is the right thing. It's not that. It's just more of a, well, uh, this is what I was doing. If I had some success today, it was because of this. And this is what I've always been doing. Um, so maybe it's, it's, a, it's a little passive-aggressive uh, kind of resistance uh, to something, some of what the manager has said. Um, I, obviously, we have not seen improvement in the, from players such as Ronald Guzman, Rugi Odor, Nomar Mazzara. They have pretty much continued down the same path that they have for the last several years. Um, and certainly, you know, just because it worked for Joey Gallo doesn't mean it's going to work for everybody. Uh, not everybody is going to be fixed. Uh, and, and right now, uh, it looks a little bit like Joey's broken again. So what the Rangers are going to have to decide, I believe at this point, are, are several things. One, it looks like they are not any kind of contender, not for a wild card even. Uh, and so they're going to have to make a decision about what they're going to do. And look, there's my old friend Calvin Watkins coming in to, to the uh, the room here. It's great. Look, Cal, uh, big hug from Calvin. Calvin's back. If y'all didn't know that from the, from the Dallas Morning News, he's going to be he's going to be uh, joining David Moore on the Cowboys beat. That's a very good situation for us, the Dallas Morning News. Calvin, a terrific reporter. A great guy, really uh, works a locker room really well. Uh, and so uh, readers and listeners in our podcast, we'll have Calvin on sometime to discuss all that. He's, uh, he's a good one. So this is good news for the Dallas Morning News. <clears throat> Excuse me. So back to the baseball, uh, though, since Calvin broke up that and he didn't want to talk about the Rangers, I guess. So the, the, the two things they have to work on now is that all right, we, now we have to decide what course we're going to take. Are we going to trade these guys? Are we going to trade uh, Mike Miner and see what we can get? Um, and, and, and I know maybe what you're thinking is, that, well, if they're, if they're not uh, competing for a wild card, then of course they're going to trade him. I, I don't think that's an of course kind of question. I think it, it depends on what you think you are long term. Are you going to be a competitor next year in 2020 in the new ballpark? Um, and and past that, uh, you have to ask yourself, if we trade Mike Miner, I don't think that they, they would trade Lance Lynn because uh, he's got two years left on his contract. It's certainly an affordable contract for most for most contenders, uh, but I'm not sure that, that Lance rise, – he doesn't rise to the level of Mike Miner, and so therefore – he probably would not be in your postseason rotation, uh, which uh, which shrinks, of course, to a three-man rotation then. Um, I don't think that he would do that, and I, I'm not really sure how well he would perform coming out of the pen. So so I don't know that he – he certainly wouldn't bring the same returns that uh, Mike Miner would in a trade. Uh, there are people out there who will say that, that, that Mike Miner may be the best pitcher who would move at the deadline. Marcus Stroman of Toronto, of course, is is one of the others. Uh, but the thing about Miner, of course, is that he's got a really affordable contract, not only for the rest of this year, but next year as well. And he's left-handed, and he's got, I think, a 273 ERA this year. He's just been really, really good. Uh, so 
the question is, can the Rangers get enough from another club's minor league system to justify making that trade? Uh, I'm not confident in that. I'm not confident in their ability to gauge what somebody else has. And, and let's go back and look at some reasons why you might feel that way. You know, we, we hear all along about the Rangers farm system uh, and, and the reasons that uh, the top levels of it uh, just aren't very good right now. Uh, the bottom level is much better. Well, first of all, you could probably say that about a lot of franchises realistically because when you first draft or sign a guy, of course you're high on them then, and, and, and maybe they even perform well at the lower levels. The question is, what do they do when they get to double A? Um, because it doesn't really matter until they get to double A. If they if they're not if they if they don't perform once they get there, then you got real problems. And and I think if we look at uh, some of the, the the reasons why the top layers of the Rangers farm system have not are are kind of bereft of talent, let's look at some of the trades that have been made and the players that they have lost in trying to uh, compete the last several years and going, they didn't ever go all in, but they came close to that a few times, uh, you know, in the trade with, with uh, Milwaukee for Jonathan Lucroy um, and Jeremy Jeffress. And then of course, in the trade, the big trade with the Phillies, uh, the Cole Hamels trade. Uh, those were some of the Rangers biggest prospects that they sent in those deals. Uh, and, and what has happened to those players? Well, some of them have been traded multiple times since then. Um, if you look at the Phillies, who are really really contenders now, there is not a single player that they have uh, that they gave the Phillies in the deal for Cole Hamels, who's making a significant contribution right now. Uh, they have players that are uh, they have a one player, a pitcher that's hurt, but they don't have any position players. Jorge Alfaro is not uh, really doing anything. Nick Williams is probably on his last legs uh, there with the, the Phillies. Uh, just the same as when they made the trade with Milwaukee. They traded Lewis Brinson and and, uh, and that, and he has been since been traded to Miami uh, and has not performed there either. So so what, I, what I'm saying by all this is that um, I think the farm system was a little overrated. Uh, and I think that we are seeing uh, that – Maybe it's not that it's not that unusual that they be in the position that they are right now uh, in the farm system. So if they're having a hard time judging that talent now, how do we know they can judge somebody else's talent? How do, how do we know that they can make a decision on somebody and, and come in here and they will end up being a great player? We 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 saw the big trade obviously when the, when John Daniels uh, traded uh, Mark Teixeira to the Braves. And the return on that trade was tremendous. It jump-started those two World Series teams. They would not have gone to those World Series without that trade. Uh, it certainly did a great job on them. I'm not, I'm not saying that, that, that John Daniels doesn't know talent at all and can't find it. I'm just saying that uh, you have a known quantity in Mike Miner right now. You know what he is. He's a front-of-the-rotation pitcher. I don't know if he's an ace, uh, but he's very close to it. He's, if he's not a one, he's certainly a two. And you were, and, the, and that was a win when the when the Rangers made that uh, signing of uh, Mike Miner because a lot of clubs were not wanting 
to give him a shot as a starter. That's why he came to Texas was because the Rangers were willing to do that. Uh, he has pitched very well since then. How do you give up on that? How do you just say, well, you know what? He's, he's going to be 32 years old uh, this winter, and so therefore he will, uh, he will age out of their window here uh, because it's going to take them a while before they're competitive again. Uh, this first half of the season kind of disguised that a little bit. You know, were the Rangers really as good as they were playing as, as a result, or, or were they really kind of playing over their heads? Were they overachievers for the first half? I think there's a little something to be said for the fact that, yeah, they were probably overachievers. I think some of that message that um, Chris Woodward was sending was uh, they were they were doing that and they were doing the things that they wanted them to do. And then as clubs made adjustments to the Rangers, uh, it was just information overload for some of these hitters. And so, therefore, they've, they've eased back into something else. So... Um, there, but there are further reasons to, to question this as well for me. One being because of the lack of talent at the top of the system, do you really want to go through an entire season next year without Mike Miner and Lance Lynn at the top of the rotation at least to kind of stop the bleeding a little bit? Um, I don't see anybody who's ready to step up uh, and, and assume those types of roles for the Rangers. You know, They can talk all they want to about signing somebody, but you've already got – two very club-friendly contracts with Miner and Lynn. Uh, you're, they're not going to be able to find somebody of that caliber and that talent at those prices. Uh, that, that's just an unbelievable – this is like the deal that the Red Sox had when they got Chris Sale from the White Sox. He's just an unbelievable pitcher with a really good contract, or at least a team-friendly contract. They're just not going to find that, that kind of thing in the open market next year. Uh, all the talk about, you know, could they get Garrett Cole away from the Astros? I don't know why Garrett Cole would leave the Astros to come to the Rangers. Uh, I, I think, first of all, that they're going to certainly try to keep him because they realize uh, that Justin Verlander surely can't keep pitching like this forever, 36 years old, still pitching like he is now. I, you, ha you have to at least let him run his course there with the Astros, but I don't see it any way possible that uh, that they can let him go. Uh, and if he does go somewhere, I would assume he'll go somewhere where he thinks he can win. Uh, the money will be a, a, a certainly be a big factor, but do you really want to spend a lot of money on Garrett Cole if, if your thinking is is that, well, we're really not contenders yet? Well, then how much sense does that make uh, to do that? So I, don't, I, I just don't agree with that philosophy. Um, and I think those are some of the things that John Daniels hinted at uh, before the All-Star break when he said, you know, uh, maybe maybe we won't trade Mike Miner. This was unusual for, for John to say that kind of thing. Uh, he usually doesn't give any kind of hints whatsoever about what they may or may not do. Uh, he didn't really give away a lot. He, he said that there were possibilities going both ways. But I think he, the message he was trying to send was that yeah, we're, we're really 50-50 on all this. I, I'm not committed to anything. Uh, I'm going to have to just see what is presented to us. So we'll see here in the next week um, whether the Rangers decide to go ahead and uh, make a deal at the deadline, blow this team up, uh, move on. You, you know, they could, they could certainly trade Miner. They could certainly trade Hunter Pence. I'm not sure how much Hunter Pence would bring in return. He's having a really good season. 
but he is a uh, he is for all intents and purposes a DH now. We've seen, you know, uh, he has the groin pull and a problem with that. I'm not sure he could play uh, the outfield every day. Uh, it, so then for a National League club, he's either going to be uh, uh, mostly a bench piece or with an occasional, uh, you know, play in the outfield. I don't know how productive Hunter would be in that kind of situation. He certainly had a really good year. To me, the, the only reason you would trade Hunter Pence at this point is because you think that he uh, deserves to go to a contender at this point in his career. Um, and, and I think that would be a nice thing for them to do for him. He's not going to bring a, a great return. You're going to get one prospect, and it's not going to be somebody's top ten prospect either. It's just going to be uh, a marginal prospect. So you'd have to ask yourself, are you better off just not keeping him on the club Letting him play, uh, he, he's certainly a good example for the other players on this team. For the message that you are trying to preach to these guys, that is Hunter Pence. Here is a guy in his mid-30s who goes out uh, in the offseason and after a terrible year last year and really not a – the last couple of years have not been very good and kind of reworking a lot of the things that had made him so successful in his career. Um that's that's the problem that the that the Rangers have right now is that they've got too many guys on this club who believe they're really not doing anything wrong. Uh, they they just kind of talk themselves into believing that uh, I'll I've hit before and I'll hit again. It's just a question of me, you know, uh, getting out of this little slump I'm in. Uh, like there's no science to it whatsoever. There is a science to it, and those guys have have had difficulty with that. You know. There is. I don't know how much of a factor this is. Uh, one of the things that you you certainly see in uh, baseball, players from Latin countries sometimes feel like there's an old saying that you don't walk your way off the island. You're aggressive. Uh, you you swing and uh, and you and you you swing at just about anything, anything you like, certainly. And certainly that has been Ruggie Odor's approach all along. Uh, Noma Mazzara has had a more uh, balanced approach, and that's why he, he was always seen as a guy who would have a uh, uh, better back control, certainly goes the opposite way, uh, can can get himself out of a, an, any kind of extended slump. But he's just been unbelievably, maddeningly consistent and in the, in the only consistently average uh, in, in his uh four seasons with the Rangers. I think he has over 2,000 at-bats now. And I'm not saying he won't eventually become a better hitter than he is right now. I'm saying that uh, I'm not sure, you know, what the ceiling really is. The, the Rangers believe that his ceiling is really high. Um, they, they think that he can be a star. Uh, if he's going to be a star, it's going to be as a hitter, certainly not as, a, as a, an overall player. He's not fast, and he's not a good outfielder. We already know that. Um, but you have to also believe that he wants to do the things he has to do to get better. And, and certainly, Nomar at this point seems to be one of those guys resisting Chris Woodward just as, as Ruggie Odor is. I, and I'm not saying that they're resisting because they don't, they don't like the manager, they don't like the hitting coach, they don't like what they're having to say. It's just hard to talk guys out of what they did to get to the majors. Um, when I was in Minneapolis with a club, um, Elvis Andrus even reinforced this this thinking that they have, and he was talking about the approach 
of uh, Shinsu Chu, who's having a very good season. Another candidate to be traded if someone wanted to pick up his $21 million salary next year. I think it's certainly possible that uh, they could get somebody to do that. I certainly think it's possible that they would pay part of that salary. Uh, but at this point, I, you know, he's got a year left on his deal. Um, I, I'm not sure how much difference it makes anymore, and, and it's not like that they are really, really cash-strapped. Uh, the, their overall payroll is is very reasonable. So it, at any rate, what uh, what Elvis said was that, you know, it's just – I, I tell Rugi, you know, do what got you here. And it's it's hard to do what Shin Su Chu does. You know, I don't know how he does that taking pitches. There's a lot of, you know, uh, it's not misinformation. There's certainly a misunderstanding about what it is that the Rangers are asking these young hitters to do. It's not taking pitches. It's about swinging at your pitch. If they throw you your pitch, the first pitch, well, then swing at it. You know, this is what – this is not rocket science. This is what any hitter – this should be the approach that they take at the plate. You know, the lower the levels are, you know, uh, if you're in high school or college baseball, generally speaking, pitchers are trying to throw a first-pitch strike. And they're more more than likely they're going to try to throw one that they know they can get and they, and they because they feel like a lot of hitters, especially a lot of young hitters, are not aggressive on that first pitch. They 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 want to go ahead and get up there and uh, and and stay for a while. They don't want to be hacking on the first pitch, and so they'll throw a strike. Well, at the big league level, that's not necessarily true. You know, uh, yeah, they want to get ahead, but they're not going to just throw you a fat pitch. And if they think that you're going to chase, they will certainly throw that first. We saw that happen with Josh Hamilton when he was here, when he kind of started into his decline. Uh, he had a really difficult time laying off pitches, uh, and they kept throwing them further and further out of the strike zone, and he just kept swinging and swinging. So what hitters have to do is make these adjustments, uh, and and I just don't know how ready some of these guys are to make those adjustments. We'll, we'll find out here in the second half what they do. We'll find out how many of these guys make progress and uh, how many of them – don't make any. I'm not sure how much longer the Rangers can uh, go on with some of these players. If Ruggie Odor doesn't turn it around uh, and finishes basically uh, as a 200 hitter like he is right now, uh, do the Rangers really go on from that into 2020? Do they say, okay, well, yeah, sure, this is fine with us. You know, he's got three years left on his deal, uh, and it – He's got about $32 million left on it. It's a very tough decision for the Rangers to make, but he's also kind of the uh, the poster guy for what is going on with the Rangers right now, uh, and certainly he is with the fans. Uh, I'd say at this at this moment, Ruge might be uh, the most unpopular Ranger just because fans see the ability uh, and they see what he has been and they see the resistance to it. And there's probably some other things going on there too. There's a lot of feeling that he's – too cocky and and all of that, and that's certainly hard for a lot of fans to take uh, from a player who's hitting 200. So those are also issues. Um, but going forward, do the Rangers decide that these are the kind of guys we we need to stick with? I, I think that you know if, if you're out of the race, then and and certainly these guys have no trade value. Uh, certainly they don't bring back anything that you uh, would make you any better. You might as well uh, stick it out with them. 
and find out what they're going to do in the second half. Find out how they're going to uh, embrace this kind of stuff. You know, they need to understand uh, that for their own good, they need to embrace it because they don't have trade value. They're not going anywhere. Uh, this is what you really need to do uh, if you want to to have some success at this level. Not only that, but if you want to play. Uh, Danny Santana is still playing very well, uh, and they are trying to find a spot for him to play. Uh, they have played him at first base and at center field and left field. Um, certainly he's played at second base. He's a second baseman by trade. Um, I don't really think he is a uh, first baseman. He just – there's a lot of stuff going on at first base that you have to, to do. Uh, a lot of things that you have to – Remember and execute, and uh, you don't have to do that at third base. I'm intrigued by the notion of him playing a little third base now, um, and certainly they, they have been working him out over there uh, before games. Uh, that's a really tough position to play. Uh, it's a reaction position. Uh, it's not anything like shortstop or second base, and not even really like third base, I mean first base. Uh, so uh, I, I – I would like to see whether he could actually handle that uh, because you certainly don't want to do anything to uh, take away from what he's been able to do offensively for the Rangers this year. Uh, but if he could play third base, uh, that should that could bring some tremendous dividends right now. I don't know that it's fair to him to make, try to make him into this super utility player, which he's kind of been, even though he, he plays the outfield pretty well. Um, and he certainly plays second base pretty well. He, he's done okay at first base. Um uh, but uh, I'd like for them to see if they could find him a, a position. And these are the decisions that the Rangers are going to have to make in the second half. What do they do? Uh, how, how, how do they move forward? What is the, what is the plan at this point? I think that the, the, the situation with the, with the wild card chase is, is over. Uh, now they need to decide, are we going to tear it down, really tear it down, or are we just going to try to – work on what we have here, go with these guys, see what they can do, see the adjustments they make in the second half, uh, and prepare for next season. Um, I think that I'm, I'm okay with them being open to trades for a guy like Mike Miner. I'd like to think that if they're going to make a, a deal, it better be a no-brainer. Well, that's going to do it for our Rangers podcast. I've just been talking to myself all this time. And Benjamin. No, I was right here. The Benjamin time. was right here. I could have asked him a question, you know, and I didn't even do that. Benjamin, is there anything you'd like to know about the Rangers before we sign off on the podcast? Um, do people still eat that uh, large chicken sandwich <laughs> at the games? <laughs> you know, it's a good question. You know, how do people eat any of that? You know, I, and maybe it's just because I've gotten so old. You know, when I was young, Benjamin, I could eat like an entire large pepperoni pizza. Really? That, of course, that was like a, a, a century ago. So, uh, and, and, you know, now it's like three or four pieces and I'm out. You know, that's that's that. Uh, I don't know how people eat those those kind of sandwiches like that, though. I don't, I, guess, I don't think it's good that we're trying to encourage that kind of thing. I agree. I, one time I went to the Rangers game and spent a lot of time just looking for a sandwich. <laughs> just a, a normal size sandwich? Just a regular turkey sandwich. <laughs> They have vegan options, but I just wanted a sandwich. See, you're just way too healthy. You go out to the ballpark. That is, I will say this. The ballpark is the only place I ever eat a hot dog. I never eat a hot okay. dog anyplace else. Well, I eat a, you know, a corn dog at the fair. That's, that's different. It's fried. You know, it's not even really a hot dog anymore. That's right. Yeah, there you go. All right, well, that's going to do it for our Rangers podcast. David Moore is, is chomping at the bed out there, ready to, to uh, do our Cowboys podcast. Uh, and we'll have that uh, backing up this one. But until then, we'll see you. 
Thanks for listening to the Rangers Ballsy Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our weekly episodes on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search the Ballsy with a Z podcast. Until next time, sports fans, we'll see you.